0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Chicago Business Podcast, uh, where we'd like to introduce leading executives in the Chicagoland area and learn about their uh, both their background uh, in terms of their business and their uh, professional experience as well as uh, learn about them as people as well. I am your host, Drew Sakula, and today we welcome Denise Castellino, an executive vice president with AECOM with responsibility for the Chicago land market. Uh, Amongst others, I'm sure we'll we'll (laughs) get into that. Uh, AECOM is a Fortune 500 company with over $20 billion in annual revenues, and they are a premier fully integrated infrastructure and support services firm. Welcome, Denise. How are you this afternoon?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Great. Happy to have you on. Thank you for joining.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Great. So, um... Maybe to start if we can uh yeah maybe if you could fill us in on on, on your your background, I know you've been with uh, a for quite some time, but if you if you could uh and I know you've been uh you spent a long time in Chicago, so we'd like to have uh, yes. Yes, have <laughs> uh, you know those those deep ties so uh if you could uh maybe uh fill us in on your origin story and talk about your ties to Chicago, we can start there
1: okay so i'm a, um, a degree civil engineer, and when I first uh, got out of school, worked for a design firm in the city, and then um, and met my husband, and <laughs> which we have two wonderful children who are out of the house now. and then um and then I worked to work for chemical waste management. And I actually was in the environmental field. Um, and then I had an opportunity to work for the city of Chicago. And I was in three departments there, where I was in the transportation department, where I did the Wacker Drive reconstruction project. Um, Then Mayor Daly sent me to the building department. And from there, I was planning commissioner. And then when that tour was over, I came back to um, AECOM. um, And I've been here for 15 years. And I've done a lot here, did a lot of transportation, but the exciting thing that I've been doing the past few years is um, Acom realized like most companies that all of everything's happening in urban areas in a big way. And as an infrastructure firm, it's obviously a key focus for us. So we have what's called a national cities program. So in addition to Chicago, um, I have other cities under my um, purview, which include New York, Philadelphia, um, Toronto is getting off the ground, um, Detroit, Dallas, and um, Houston, as well as Denver. So um, and there's other counterparts that have other, you know, cities in the country, but um, that's my focus area. And it's um, it's very cool because what I'm selling is everything that um, that AECOM does. So we can really come up with some neat solutions for our clients, you know, because we have the the background in transportation and water environment, energy, architecture, you know, as well as the construction arm.
0: So who are your clients then? Who, who are the customers of?
1: Um, Depending on, you know, what we're doing with infrastructure, those are generally public clients, you know, so the city of Chicago DOT, the water department, the planning department, state of Illinois, the county, the tollway, Um, Those are our big transportation clients. Um, The same thing with water. You know, water is generally done at a municipal level. So um, we have a lot of municipal water clients. Um, Architecture and environment have both, right? We do a lot of private work, especially on the environmental side, Um, work for utilities. So we have, you know, we have the whole gamut of of things that really affect your everyday life, like when you turn on the light switch or flush your toilet, we're, <laughs> we're doing somehow part of that. There you go, so.
0: Right. So uh, I understood that uh, you guys also got involved a little bit in some of the COVID uh, uh, relief efforts in terms of building out McCormick Place. Back we've been talking uh, for some time now, but uh, that that seems like forever ago. And I know, only a right? Couple months back, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were part of that for the city, um, which was which was really incredible. I was um, as somebody who's lived in Chicago all my life. Um, I was so proud of the way all of the agencies have come together um, against COVID. You know, you had the city of Chicago, the Department of Health. You had Illinois Department of Health. You had the county. Um, everybody really worked together on that. I mean, that was just so wonderful to see i think everybody checked their egos and said we've gotta um you know we gotta fight this for our for our residents and i think they you know they're doing a great job i mean it's nobody knew what was you know (laughs) changes all the time right what the what the medical uh what the medical people are telling us we learn things but very flexible and um you know they're just uh they're out there to do the right thing and it was so great to see
0: right right um, so what are some of the other, uh, projects in Chicago that you have, uh, that you guys have been focused on over the last, uh, um, I don't know, last year or two?
1: Um, one of them, what's, uh, we're really proud of is the two bridges down at, um, in, uh, Hyde Park and Oakwood, Kenwood there. They're the Ped Bridge is at 41st and 43rd streets. Um, the 43rd street bridge we're working on now, the 41st street bridge has been open and actually it's won 18 awards because it's just a it's a you know it's won the enr big national award and um you know that's more than just a bridge project so when the city started out doing all of these these projects on south lakeshore drive it was about getting connection for communities that hadn't had connection before right so now connects a whole whole all these neighborhoods Totally to the lakefront, which is incredible to see safely, and and it's a beautiful bridge to look at. On top of that, so um, that's a really cool project. That's one. That's one of those projects where um, it's a bridge that does so much more. You know, um, the other big one um, we're working on is the uh, Jane Byrne Interchange. You know, which has taken a while, but it's going to be fantastic when it's done. <laughs> um, some previous stuff like that I was involved with is the runway 10C-28C out at O'Hare, which is one of the um, one of the first Category 6 runways here, which, um, you know, the ultimate plan for O'Hare is to have the six parallel east-west runways. Um, so that's pretty cool because that's, um, you know, building at O'Hare is kind of like Wrigley Field where you are right in a neighborhood, <laughs> as you know, and it's um, – you know, space is really important. So you really have to coordinate and, you know, do things right to get that done.
0: Right. So are you guys doing, is it like design and build type of, uh, type of work So,
1: yeah. So we do planning and design and we'll do construction management. Okay. And then we do have a a building arm here in Chicago, um, AECOM Hunt, which really um, plays in the vertical space. So, um, They're one of the contractors who will be out at O'Hare for the new terminals. So, you know, they do more vertical buildings as opposed to the horizontal infrastructure work.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So is there a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, I mean, what kind of vendors then are you engaging? And who are the, yeah, who are the potential uh, other counterparties that would would get involved uh, to be kind of your suppliers?
1: Um, you mean who would, who do we team with that kind of thing? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Well, we have a lot of partners. Um, We have a lot of uh, DBE partners. We're really, really big into mentoring a lot of DBEs. We have a lot of success stories there. So for instance, on um, another really cool job that we're proud of is 55 and Lakeshore Drive. Those bridges were really in rough shape. They're all curved steel structures. And we, um, Rubinos and Messia, RME, we brought them along as one of our DVE partners. And prior to the start of the project, they were um, only qualified, um, they had an IDOT pre-qual just for simple bridges. And after working with us on that, they designed one of the curved steel structures. So now they have an additional qualification with the state from working with us. we really love what you know the DBE program we we dive into it to make it the most for our partners cuz they're there you know they're there to learn from us and that's what you know that's what we do that's what that's what we really consider a successful you know mentor protege project
0: and what I'm sorry I'm not familiar with the acronym the DBE can you
1: Oh I'm sorry disadvantaged business enterprise
0: okay right
1: so there's DBEs and then there's uh they call them Minority Business Enterprises, MBE. The city uses MBE and WBE, um, women-owned business enterprises.
0: Right, so are those are those both considered part of DBE then? Yes, yeah, right. yeah. Nice, yeah, I know that there's a certain amount of work uh, is kind of held for those purposes and it's great that uh, we can kind of mentor some of those businesses along and help them uh help them reach new heights along with uh uh with everyone out there so um so that's great so bridges is a big uh, is a big deal um for for rehabbing and i think that there's you know you get a fair amount of uh, complaints about that as well what would you say the <laughs> yeah. state of kind of bridges are in Chicago is that one of the most urgent uh areas of or yeah. Look at well, prioritization. What What are your uh, What are your big, uh, big, big ticket items?
1: Well, I think um, what, the thing that we've been really working with and working with our partners on is um, city and state budgets. Right now, as you can imagine, thanks to the pandemic, are in rough shape, and infrastructure. Is you know potentially one of those things that they're not going to have all the dollars to spend on that they want to, even though the needs are so great. So um, last week we held an event um, with Aecom virtually. So this was with all of a with a bunch of our DBE partners, and we hosted it with um, RCC, which is um, Resilient Cities. So they are a um, a spinoff from the 100 resilient cities that the Rockefeller Foundation did a couple of years ago. So what we did was we partnered with them. Um, We had one central with, or um, I'm sorry, one Chicago fund with us. Um, And then we had a bunch of our DBE partners. And what we did was we had a hackathon virtually, which is is kind of fun. I don't know if you're, I mean, all of this virtual stuff now, thanks to the pandemic, you actually can have a whiteboard with stickies virtually <laughs> where everybody puts their ideas on the board, right? Uh-huh. So we challenged the group and said, how can we recover even smarter with infrastructure? One, how can we spend the dollars better, right? And then two, how can we get more benefits about it? So instead of just paving, but you know, when you reconstruct the road, make sure you have fiber that addresses the digital divide that's a big thing that came out of the pandemic. Um, Do they want bike lanes? Do they want the road to be smarter, more, you know, better guidance on the road? And then on top of that, like the drainage, if you put in green infrastructure, can you also put permeable pavement that helps with um, health and fitness on empty lots in the city, let's say. So there's, so it was a great session. You know, we had our DBE partners, we had these other um, uh, civic partners. You know, there was some other ex-city people like me there, and we really brainstormed. We had three groups, so we're compiling kind of our comments to, you know, to talk to the city about it, to talk to the mayor's office about it now because it's budget season, to talk to, yeah, um, you know, um, you know op eds to get the word out there that we're here to help cities figure out how to, how to recover better with infrastructure, because we feel as an industry, you know, we have this knowledge. And we can help cities and states recover better through infrastructure. We can be part of the solution.
0: Yeah, it's such a challenging time that we find ourselves in, it seems, because, you know, with things shut down, it's like the perfect time to get some some of these projects done. (laughs) Right, right. We haven't figured out exactly (laughs) what to do. And then from a resource perspective, we also have some available resources out there in terms of it'd be great to put people to work, you know, but
1: right, trying to right. balance
0: all those things. is Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't envy the decisions they all have to make.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And then not only that, but then try to get the state and federal folks. How, how much, how involved does the federal government get in the projects that uh, you guys get involved in? I guess all over the place, probably in some cases. Yeah. I mean,
1: not. you know, pro- Projects are funded, some are funded at the federal level and down, you know, the states or the city has to match. Some are funded at the state level and down, county level, you know, there's all different types of uh, funding sources based on the type of project, you know, all those things.
0: Yeah. Seems like we're probably some uh, ways away from, uh, yeah, federal, who knows, who knows how far between federal and state officials being able to work together in a, In a cohesive manner, but uh, you know, probably, probably not in the next couple months. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows what the world's going to look like? So, all right. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your uh, AECOM's workings with um, with kind of organized labor and 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 with the with the trades. Um, that's
1: not really. We don't really have direct direct work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean they're part of projects, but it's not something that we hire, you know. Right. So our contracting arm does do um does do work that way, but they generally sub out the work, you know, so we don't um we don't own we don't have the equipment and labor under ACOM, we sub that work out. Right. So that's how we do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay um and then from um i mean cities and you talked a little bit about being kind of urban focused is there um is there anything that you do outside of urban cores or it's really oh
1: yeah yeah no we do i mean our offices are generally in all of the metropolitan areas but we'll work statewide you know on projects connecting city to city for those for those expressways, those you know, some of that water stuff, um, and I think you know, fiber is going to be the other big thing. This digital divide is a big deal. It's not only in urban areas; it is in rural areas as well. So, that's going to have to be solved. You know, yeah, the pandemic that, really showed that.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't I don't fully understand the uh, the answer to that problem because I've been out and. Yeah, a number of different rural areas at different times. Um, and, you know, even even like the satellite, a lot of people have satellite and stuff and it's just, that's not all that reliable or fast or-, or Right, good. right. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yeah, trying to, uh, there's disadvantaged communities, I guess, both the inner city and uh, out in the rural areas, but that, uh, getting the high speed access to everyone you know, is yeah, probably arguably the most important thing that we can do, right?
1: Right. Right. It is. It's it's you know, it's a utility that is just as important as as the others at this point.
0: Yep. So what is um you know how how does AECOM then get get involved in that? And what, what is what is uh your role to play in there?
1: So we um you know, we can do the whole thing. We can, uh, if, a, if an internet service fiber provider um, chooses to hire us, we can do everything from siting where it's coming from, you know, whether it's coming from cables in the ocean, frankly, all the way to, you know, getting it to somebody's front door. So um, we can design what the fiber should look like, um, you know, the size of it how to get it through urban areas, uh, the whole gamut of that. You know, some, some companies will just hire you for the environmental because that can be a big environmental issue, you know, where the fiber is going to go through to get to wherever it has to get to. And then, um, and then once it gets into the city, you can imagine what it's like, you know, you open up any road in the city, <laughs> there's everything in there, right? There's water, sewer, the other utilities, and now you want to add fiber to the mix. So it's um, and everybody wants their degrees of separation as well as their security, so those are challenging ones,
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know, just having dug up some of my front yard because of a water main uh, break I, I i could feel for you there, it's like yeah, right, gas lines and the next thing uh-huh, you
1: know. <laughs> yep,
0: but uh, yeah, in the middle of the city, it's uh, all that and more, so, mm-hmm. the only think similar is probably the uh gravel that they backfilled it with so (laughs) um nice nice so uh okay there uh so with covid19 and and kind of the impact on on the business you know um cities and municipalities it seems like have probably been challenged like well certainly like never before and um you know, from a resource perspective, that's one thing, and then just for day to day. Well, yeah, for 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 getting work done. I mean, are you seeing certain things <laughs> pulled forward and pushed off, or how how is that impacted? You know, the projects that you've had.
1: You know, the the impacts haven't been great yet. I think everybody's um, and I'm probably now waiting for the election, but you know, how much are the feds going to help with the budgets? What is that going to, you know, do for projects? Um, transit, you know, obviously fare collection is low right now. Um, I still feel like we're in a, a kind of a sorting out period, you know, which is why we're looking at things as how, you know, how can these budgets be spent better to get more bang for their buck? You know, I think everybody's everybody's got to work together that's in the right-of-way to to have successful projects to get more out of them you know and, the everybody can't put blinders on with their budgets but work together
0: right yeah no it's uh you know quite the conundrum everybody faces right now because there's so much work that does that obviously needs to happen yes and, you know and we know we got to do it right and then there's you know but things need to be paid for as well and Certainly, here in Illinois, we have, uh, you know, our more challenges than most, I guess. Yes. So.
1: Yes.
0: So I I see we uh, we jumped right over the beverage of the day, but I still have it here. So I was told that uh, Diet Coke was what you wanted. uh, Was.
1: (laughs) I have mine.
0: Yeah. In
1: my uh, Aecom holder.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. And you
1: brought a can that's even better.
0: I did. A little one, though. Just a little one. Oh,
1: the little one. Okay.
0: You know, I love these little guys. You know? <laughs> right? I, I still don't understand why you can't get these at, like, every corner. They still force you into the the big 20-ounce uh, ones for some reason.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I like those.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. So, uh, very good. The, um, yeah so in terms of the overall environment though and getting things done what do you what do you see between now and in 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 the election time or the election is there really anything that can get done in infrastructure at least from a that requires federal uh involvement or is that really on hold you just have to work uh locally and until then and and see what happens on the other side
1: well I mean, there's still just the normal budget, right? But what's needed is something above and beyond. You know, we need another, we need a new infrastructure bill passed at the federal level that would then match also, you know, what we've passed at the state level to really, you know, really do some big projects. Because that's, I mean, those, there's projects that are, you know, that we're gonna need billions for. And that's tough for any state on their own to do. So that's where the feds come in. in
0: the-
1: but I think um, one of the challenges is um, the funding sources. So uh, raising the gas tax seems to always be the third rail, right? Everything's tied to that. Um, there could be more tolling, but that's still being explored. You know, or some type of, you know, if you use the road, you got to pay for it. And then there's then there's the whole thing that. That's not been figured out is how are you going to, um, how are you going to tax electric vehicles? As more vehicles go electric, um, you know, how do you, how do you account for them, their use on the road as well? So those are, I mean, it's um, in some ways in transportation right now, the times are, you know, as things get funded, will be as exciting as when Eisenhower did the expressways back in the 50s right? That was like the big heyday for transportation when we built all of these incredible expressways in addition to new transit lines. But now things are changing because we're switching to, you know, probably more to electric vehicles. Roads are going to be smarter. Not only are the cars getting smarter, we're looking at making the roads smarter and all the eye of safety as well as improving commute times because people don't want to sit in their cars. Or you know like my two kids they don't want to buy a car They don't ever want to own a car so <laughs> how is that going to work can the you know can the roads handle all those ubers so it's really um it's exciting times now to be in transportation because um it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out
0: yeah it really is and it seems like things are are changing um Well, obviously, a lot faster than they they have been, right? It's been pretty steady, I think, over... Right. Since since the the highways were all built out, and then it was... uh,
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) up Around them, and then... But now, it it, it all depends, I guess, on your perspective as well, because you're right with some of these things, with electric vehicles coming, you know, maybe fast... Well, I was going to say faster than some projections, but... Overall, it's always been slower, right? right? It's been taking more and more. There's been plenty of time to plan, but still not that much work maybe necessarily done in the, uh, in realizing that, yeah, with the gas tax that, that pays for so much of the, the highways these electric vehicles are still using the roads uh, just right. as much. They're yep. paying that the tax. Yep. So, That's uh yeah, an opportunity and, uh, and, uh, and the concern I mean, the yes,
1: thing. and the other thing is with the electric vehicles is you know how do you balance it so that the grid can handle it? because that could be a huge, huge drain on the grid if it if it does does go too fast. So how do you balance the use, you know, when people are charging it's um it's it's like I said, it's kind of the wild wild west with some of this stuff. <laughs> you know, everybody's trying to figure model, it out
0: and and some of that too like the the grid planning is that right i saw like an article on your website when i was doing a little research um in terms of sharing of electricity across um different capacity is that right
1: yes yeah yeah kind of looking at the back of the room stuff is to um how you know how do you balance it so you don't have to do a complete new grid but figure out whether it is optimal charging times, you know, um, and where you charge and when you charge, you know, because there's a big thing now with, it's so funny because you buy an electric car and right now you charge it like you're going to, like you're at your gas, you know, at a gas station, right? You have the same thing, like uh, instead of the handle of gas, it is a charger handle, right? And you open the door, like, in reality, um, there are, you know, startups looking at static charging, where you were to let's say you pull up in a parking spot and you're over um, a circular charging, and it charges your vehicle that way, right? So it's just charging as you park. You don't have to open anything up. Or, and what's really exciting is the the, the dynamic charging that um, we are working with a um, with a group out in the University of Utah, where you charge, you ride over. A charging station as you're driving, right? So let's say you're on the expressway, you could ultimately maybe have all the expressway system outfitted. So as you're driving, your vehicle gets charged and it would charge you like a toll, right? How cool would that be? Because then you literally could probably drive across the country and not stop, <laughs> except right. for bathroom breaks.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: good. I mean, there's just some really cool stuff out there and it'll just be. And it's kind of interesting. Is like which charging are we gonna are we gonna settle on? Is it like you know beta versus VHS, <laughs> where we're gonna have a universal one? You know, you got Tesla working on stuff. You got the other car companies working on stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: it's pretty yeah, cool it's to
1: see cool. all this stuff.
0: Yeah, interesting to see how that sausage is made. It's uh, yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <just, clears throat> sometimes it feels like it's. Yeah, it's taking too long. And the next thing you know, it's kind of like the, it's with the electrical car, the electric cars, right? Everybody was like, they saw them coming for decades and then all of a sudden now they're here and it's happening fast, right? And
1: yes, now, yeah, now they're yeah. all
0: rushing, trying to rush their vehicles out after.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think some of them are saying we're just going to be electric by 2022, which is a huge statement.
0: <laughs> Who said that?
1: That's a big statement. I think it was Jaguar who said that that's, really? by 2022, they were going to be all electric.
0: Yeah, so, that's like around the corner.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You're basically there. You're basically there. Okay, was yes. well, there anything else you wanted to t- make sure we uh, thought on while we have it here?
1: Um, I think, well, it is infrastructure uh, infrastructure week, so...
0: Happy infrastructure week. Yeah, what does that mean? Probably only uh, engineers uh,
1: celebrate it.
0: uh, You know, that can be a, uh, that has all sorts of different connotations.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Infrastructure
0: awareness
1: (laughs) for everybody to appreciate it. I think everybody does. It's just not something
0: that (laughs) everybody talks about. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, you know, what that means in today's day and age and trying to look for real progress there. I think that with, uh, you know, needing to, uh, yeah, get beyond this election and uh, and I guess we pick it up from there, but there's a lot of heavy lifting to be done, Lord knows, uh, to try to yes, there get, is. get the pieces in, in, in play. And, you know, hopefully it's not too much to ask to, to accomplish some big goals and for people to to come together for the greater good um, because there's, uh, there's a lot of work that does need to be done. So, mm-hmm. yes, I agree,
1: it's a great.
0: All right. Well, on that note, um, okay. thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Take care.